Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to DSC's Campfires with Larry Wysoon. The unique blend of hunting, conservation, and the outdoor lifestyle delivered in an entertaining, informative fashion that only a veteran outdoorsman can do. DSC Campfires is brought to you by DSC, Conservation and Hunter Advocacy, Hornady, Accurate, Deadly, Dependable, Trijicon, Brilliant Aiming Solutions, Taurus, Makers of the Raging Hunter and Other Fine Handguns, Mossberg, a leader in firearms since 1919, Hassel Cattle Company, the world's best jerky, and Wagyu Beef. Now, here's your host, Larry Weissen. Welcome to another campfire session. I thought we might talk today a little bit about handgun hunting. I, I just finished a podcast with Handgun Hunters International with Ryan Hoover and brought to mind so many different things. The Handgun Hunters International is an organization that was started, started many years ago by... J.D. Jones, of all people, and a few of his friends, such as Larry Kelly. And, and if you know a little bit about the history of handgun hunting, you know these two guys were paramount back when. They were the, the guys who were really pushing it. And, of course, J.D. did the uh, J.D. Jones creations, the hand cannons. And Larry Kelly kind of cl- tamed them down with their Magnaport business at the head to where they've got to be a lot of fun to shoot. But... Uh, Ryan Hoover, who lives in the Fredericksburg, Texas area, has, has come up with uh, an absolutely great concept. He took that concept of the old Handgun Hunters International and the Six Gunner publication and 
has really turned it into something that's that's goes back to some of the history of handgun hunting, but also includes so much new things. They're, they're great giveaways that he does. And uh, my gosh, you can just go handgunhuntersinternational.com and should be able to get, if not, just look up Handgun Hunters International on your uh, on your computer and I'll bet you it'll put you through to uh, the Six Gunner Magazine and all those other things that Ryan is doing there. But uh, thought I'd talk a little bit as I have in the past about handgun hunting. Now, I'm just coming off of a whitetail deer season here in Texas where I had the opportunity to hunt with a handgun and shot a couple of does and a real nice old ancient eight six point buck and still got one more hunt to go this coming weekend and uh, because we do have the managed land permit here in Texas and it allows me to hunt on the property that I'm part of as a lease group in uh, West Texas just outside of the little town of Sterling City so I'm going to go back and hunt with a handgun I've still got a couple more does I need to shoot as part of our management program and I've got the opportunity still to take two bucks out there if I find the right ones looking of course for a big eight point and uh, it may be a good management buck or I still have not taken what we call a trophy buck there meaning anything that's got any age on them that's got 10 or more points so gonna go back and hunt that last little bit before they start dropping their antlers just got back from there and noticed that a lot of those bucks still had their antlers and actually saw a few more older age better antlered bucks than I did prior to this last hunt, when I was hunting there pretty regularly during the, the uh, rut and the early part of the whitetail deer season, <clears throat> handgun hunting kind of has ups and downs. And by that, I mean, years ago, it had there were a lot of handgun hunters. They kind of went by the wayside, and the numbers did a little bit. And then more recently, particularly here in the last few years, there's becoming a greater increase in uh, people who are interested in hunting with handguns. I think as we move through some of this long-range craze that we're into right now, I think a lot of those same folks are going to go back and go, you know what? I want a challenge. Just shooting something at a thousand yards, yeah, anybody can do it with the right equipment. Hunting with a handgun, there's a challenge there. And so what they'll realize once they start shooting is that accurately you can shoot with a handgun a substantial distance, but for the most part with the, the rounds that we use these days in terms of revolvers, and I'll state right here, there are two types of hunting handguns as far as I'm concerned. One being the single shot, like the Thompson Center that of years ago, such as I show right here. The, this happens to be one of my old 30-06 Encores that, uh, uh, gosh, I shot all kinds of things with it here in North America and, and beyond as well, too. That and the revolvers. And I shoot a lot of different revolvers, but my favorite over the last few years now has been this Taurus Raging Hunter, and particularly in, a, in either a 44 mag or a 454 Casul. Those, to me, are the two primary handgun hunting guns. Now, if you want to shoot a semi-auto, by all means do so whatever trips you trigger i'm all for it when it comes to handgun hunting but for me personally there are two types of handgun when it comes to hunting and that being the single shot such as the thompson center encore or contender and maybe a few of the others like the old remington xp 100 that was around for a while and some of the other guns that were out there and some of those that uh were even made by blazer or, or some of the others as well too the bolt action the uh, savage had a hey 
a striker out for a while. That was a, actually a right-handed pistol that you worked with the bolt on the left side. So when she brought that gun up to shoot, all you had to do is keep it there and you could work that bolt without ever leaving your hand that was holding on to the trigger and holding the gun without ever moving it so that you could just utilize that left hand to do the bolt. And then, of course, the revolvers. Years ago, I ran into an old sheriff who, and he was the one who really kind of got me interested in in handgun hunting in a, beyond some of the guys like Al George who wrote about it, Hal Swiggett, uh, and the list of Bob Millick and, and uh, Skeeter Skelton and several of those other guys who really made handgun hunting started the popularity of it, along with, as I mentioned, J.D. Jones and Larry Kelly and some of those other guys. But this old sheriff, he was working in South Texas, and they had a prison break, or a jailbreak, if you will, and two guys escaped, and, and it happened to be deer season. And, and he heard from some of the ranch hands that these two escapees, two convicts, were on this particular property. So he's out there, and he's uh, carrying his, his uh, old thumbbuster, which is often how they referred to the old Model P Colt Peacemaker, and, and uh, 45 Long Colt or 45 Colt. And uh, he's out there and he found uh, an area that he thought they might be in and found some tracks that didn't look like they were made by anybody else other than maybe somebody that was wearing a pair of shoes that might come out of a jail kind of thing. And he's on their tracks and he's walking along and he looks up and he hears something, he looks up and he grabs his pistol and he's, he's ready for the shot. And it just happened to be deer season and out steps this unbelievable Boone and Crockett white-tailed deer. And without even thinking about it, because he had permission to hunt on the property, the old sheriff cocked the hammer, lined up the sights, pulled the trigger, and immediately the deer went down. And then all of a sudden he realized, oh my gosh, I probably have, I'm scaring these convicts away. So in the loudest voice possible, using a few expletives, he said, and if you don't come out, I'll shoot the other one of you. Sorry, no count, blankety blank, blank, blanks. And he looked up and here came these two guys out of the brush. Obviously they'd been very close to where that that buck was and uh, when he shot him and of course they thought the other one was shot so they they both stepped out about the same time and sheriff before he took him back into his car and handgun or handcuffed him he, uh, he made him drag that deer back to his to his uh, car and loaded in his car and they went back and he put him back in jail but that story has always stuck out with me and I asked him later I said sheriff I said why did you use that old thumb buster and he said son that's the only gun I had with me and I wasn't about to let that big buck get away so made a real impression upon me and of course I grew up during the era when cowboys were king when Gene Autry and particularly Roy Rogers and oh my gosh Lash LaRue and and I mean the list goes on Johnny Mac Brown Rex Allen all those guys they were my heroes and they carried six guns if you will and from that I decided that by golly if I was going to be a hunter and I loved rifles and shotguns and buzzloaders and all the other kind of stuff but I was also going to start hunting with a handgun and started doing so and my first handgun was a Harrington Richardson uh twenty two, a nine shot twenty two, and I carried that thing a lot and I used it to learn about cocking the hammer, about pulling the trigger and how important trigger 
control was in terms of making the shot because of if you raise that gun up in the slightest little bit of too much pulling on one way or the other and you're going to be off target so i learned how to shoot that nine shot 22 long rifle before i started doing anything else and generally my advice to anybody getting into handgun hunting is or even thinking about it is start out with the 22 long rifle spend time with it at the range learn how to shoot that gun learn about sight uh, all my sites these days happen to be Trijicon's SRO or RMR red dot sites, and, and I would get a 22 long rifle revolver and that is capable of, of having a, a red dot sight mounted on it. But I would do that after I learned how to shoot the open, the iron sights, if you will. And after that, I, and I use that for hunting small game for a while. Small game hunting available is, is available rather almost anywhere in North America. Uh, there are some areas where you have specific rabbit and, 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 uh, squirrel seasons, but there are lots of opportunities out there for somebody to hunt with a 22 long, long rifle revolver for squirrels and, and rabbits and, and maybe some other small game that's out there. And it's a great way to learn your capabilities with a handgun and what the, that gun is capable of doing. After doing that for a while, <clears throat> Again, I love the long, I, I love the, the break open single shots. And my favorite over the years was a 30 6 that I used. And it was the second one, kind of the first barrel made outside of the 308 barrel that I shot the initial first three animals ever taken with the TC Encore. The first being a, a, a moose up in Maine, the next one being a moose in Shires Moose in Colorado, and the third being a really nice 6 by 6 elk that I shot in Colorado as well, too. But uh, my first choice in revolvers beyond that is you need to learn how to to shoot a gun before you know, a handgun before I would really get into some of the the bigger calibers. Now, a bigger caliber being a, a three fifty seven Magnum. Now, a three fifty seven Magnum is a really nice cartridge. To me, it is borderline as far as handgun hunting is concerned. If you're an unbelievably good shot and you're going to limit your shots to less than fifty yards, and you know your proper shot placement in terms of vitals of that animal that you're going to shoot, then yes, possibly use a 357 Magnum. But I think you're so much better off than starting with that as a, you're better off starting with like a 44 mag. Now, uh, they're very manageable and the, the beauty, like the Taurus guns I shoot, such as this Ragent Hunter, this happens to be a, a 454 Casul. Now, the beauty of the 454 Casul is I can also shoot 45 Colt in this as well. So when I'm first learning how to hunt with this particular gun, a shoot with this gun, first thing I did is I went out and I found me a bunch of 45 Colt ammo, not 45 ACP, but 45 Colt, like the old original 45 that they use and you see used in some of the, uh, uh, in some of the TV shows and movies and all that other kind of thing. I would, I'd start out with, uh, with shooting it and getting used to the trigger pull and getting used to being able to maintain the my sights after I pull the trigger and so many other things to learn how to get used to a little bit more recoil. And once I started doing that, then I'd use the 45 Colt. Uh, actually, Hornady builds a great round with the uh, flex tip 
that's also can be utilized in the uh, uh, tubular type lever actions. But I would certainly start out with a 45 Colt and, uh, and a 454 Sioux. And I would, that's what I'd take my first animals with. I would hunt whitetail does. I would hunt uh, javelina if I had the opportunity to. I would hunt hogs. Now, hogs is such a great... Great way to learn how to use a handgun because you can hunt in so many different ways with a spot and stock or bait. You can pick your shots. You get to learn a little bit about uh, that gun and your capabilities with it. You'll hear me coming back to that. You need to learn what the capabilities of any firearm, and that includes rifles or shotguns or buzzloaders or even your bow, is, if you're shooting a bow, you need to learn what the capabilities of that thing are, those things are, and how far you're comfortable with taking a shot. Uh, the, that point at which, to me, you cannot place more than, you can only, if you can place all your shots, regardless of it's one shot, two shot, five or eight shots, and about an eight inch plate, or six inch plate, I'm talking about a, a, a paper plate as a target. Once you get to the point where you can't put every shot that you shoot into that plate, that's the distance at which you should no longer be hunting or trying to take an animal, whether it's a hog or, or whether it's a, a white-tailed deer or a mule deer or, or even anything else, a bear for that matter. Some of the states allow hunting with a handgun for bear as well, too. So great opportunities there as well, too. I've used handguns on lots of different animals here in North America, from uh, Alaska brown bear to moose to uh, elk to caribou to, gosh, mule deer, white-tailed, pronghorn antelope, black bear, and probably a few others in between those and even on down to javelina and all those other kind of things. But uh, to me, uh, I, as I mentioned, I love the, 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 uh, the uh, single-action guns, the double-action guns, and the difference between those and single-action, double-action, you've often heard me say, is that before you can pull the trigger on a, on a single-action, you have to cock the hammer. With a double-action, you can cock the hammer, pull the trigger, or you can just simply pull the trigger. It brings a hammer back and strikes the firing pin and sends it on its way. Now, the beauty, as I said, of the 454 Casul is, is that you can also use a 45 Colt in it. Now, if you're into the single shots and if you can find some of these old Thompson Center Encores around somewhere, there's a great variety of barrels of all kinds of different sharp shoulder cartridges. I think all the way up probably to about a excuse me, do about a 300 mag if, you, if you're so inclined, or 4570, which is, all those are great, great rounds. Now, the recoil is going to be a little bit more substantial in some of those sharp-shouldered cartridges as you get in some of those really big ones. So that's not the gun you want to start on. You want to start on something where the recoil is mild and, and they're fun to shoot, and then you can work your way up uh, to some of those really bigger calibers, if you will, like a 308 or .30-06 or two seventy or Lord knows what, what all the combinations are. Like I said, even up to like a 300 win mag, if that's you so desire. But uh, start with the with the small one. Start with the 22. <clears throat> Get to used to shooting it. Hunt small games with it. <clears throat> After you hunt it small game with it for a while and switch to uh, something that's capable of bringing down a, a white-tailed deer. And again, to me, that starts with a 44 mag. And learn how to shoot that thing. Shoot it off the bench, but then also shoot it from in the field positions once you uh, 
mastered your ability to keep that shot in a very small area uh, or a small, small group, if you will, out to about 100 yards. Once you start doing that from the bench, then start shooting from all kinds in the field positions there. Uh, tripod uh, rests available and and. I use those a lot because I used to spend about half my time, one eye looking for the game, the other eye looking for a good rest, but with a carrying a tripod rest, if you will, um, I don't have to look for that rest against a, a stump or a, a tree trunk or a fork in a tree or a rock or a bush or even using one of my old felt hats that I wear all the time as well too. All those do make really good rest but if you've got a good tripod that you can set up very quickly and then I try to sit down whenever possible because I want to try to brace as much as I can both my elbows against something whether it's my knees or whether I'm pushing against a tree or something else even if I use that tripod rest I want to try to get at least a three-point touching so that I can maintain that that point of aim exactly where I want it to go. The uh, the handgun hunting these days is is so much fun. There, there are opportunities throughout some of the Midwestern states where you can shoot straight wall handguns during the regular shotgun season where their shotguns are, are only available. Um, so that there, there, there's no lack of, of opportunities. Throughout some of the West, I think there's some opportunities there too as far as hunting bear now. Unfortunately, tech, in, in Texas, we can hunt with almost anything, but I was going to say, if you're going to hunt Mexico or you're going to hunt Canada, those two countries do not allow, unfortunately, any kind of handguns to be brought in. So don't go to, to Canada or Mexico hoping to go on a black bear hunt and carry a, a uh, handgun up there because they're not going to let you in. And you may spend a whole lot more time there <laughs> as a result of trying to smuggle in a gun is which kind of the hell they would look at it. So learn all the regulations, all the rules, regardless where you hunt. <coughs> Excuse me, I'm kind of coming off of a little bit of the of a touch of the flu after uh, the kind of show season that we've come through. But go to the DNR departments of natural resources and look to see what the rules and regulations are regarding not only the kind of gun that you can shoot, but the uh, energy requirements. There's some of those that will require a minimum caliber, but there are also some that will require a minimum amount of foot pounds of energy that that particular cartridge that you shoot or that that may be the minimum of the uh, amount of uh, foot pounds energy that you can shoot in that particular state. So always do your homework before you go out on a hunt. But uh, handgun hunting, now is a great time to get into it. And we're past whitetail season. We got squirrel season coming up. Uh, there's all kinds of things that you can also hunt like hogs as I keep coming to and, and uh, throughout the rest of the year. And it gives you that opportunity to get out with a handgun right now. As I said, learn your capabilities with it and the capabilities of that handgun out to certain ranges. Then get out and, and hunt between now and the time that our whitetail seasons or mule deer seasons or pronghorn seasons or, you know, whatever else may be coming up here in the not too very distant future. I'm already planning all my hunts, or not all of them, because there's always something that comes up that I find that I really want to go do in between some of the others. But I've got several hunts coming up this year, particularly on my lease, where we have the ability to take several animals and I'm be hunting with a handgun. Also got a hunt set up in, in Oklahoma this year with the uh, Choctaw Hunting Lodge, which is a 
fabulous place uh, to hunt hogs or turkey or whitetail deer. And uh, they do have a, an estate hunt as well, too, That so you can hunt outside the uh, uh, regular Oklahoma seasons. And then, too, they do offer some American bison hunts as well, too. So it's ChoctawHuntingLodge.com if you want to go there. It's a, I've hunted handguns there for uh, primarily for hogs. But uh, like I said, this year we've got a whitetail deer hunt coming up there as well, too. So got a bunch of other hunts coming up. Uh, probably go to New Mexico again this year in terms of, and probably be using a handgun there. And then got some really good stuff coming up here in Texas. And then uh, uh, I think I've got a couple of hunts coming up, too, in all places in California with uh, dealing with Mossberg, which I truly appreciate. And Miss Linda Powell has been a very dear friend for a long time, and she handles it pretty much all the PR work that's being done at Mossberg. But I've got a black bear hunt coming up with uh, Mossberg a little bit later on in terms of rifle. And then also the same thing with a uh, hunt for Columbia Blacktail on a um, vineyard in California. So not handgun hunts, but those are going to be fun. But almost all the rest of my hunts this year where I'm not going to be using a rifle, of course, I'll be using a handgun and, and got a bunch of them coming up here in Texas as well. So got a lot of time, even if I were just now getting started in handgun, right now would be the ideal time to, to get a gun, start shooting it and learning how to accurately shoot it and then learn how to accurately shoot it from all kinds of hunting positions as well, too. Before we leave today, I've got Ryan Hoover coming up here in a couple of weeks to talk a little bit more about handgun hunting as well, too, through his Handgun Hunters International. Ryan actually did a, did a trigger job for my 454 Casule, uh, and to where the trigger pull is very, very sweet. Of course, it's all my handguns these days are topped with Trigicon SRO, and of course, I'm all shooting... Oh, gosh, I, I don't think I hardly have any other shells except for Hornady. I learned a long time ago that they're deadly, accurate, dependable. They're exactly that and a whole lot more as far as I'm concerned. I'll, everything I shoot these days is Hornady, and, and I would shoot Hornady regardless. I just I, I love the people involved there. I love the company, and I love their product. They're, they, they certainly are accurate, deadly, and dependable, but... Uh, before we get away, let's talk a little bit about uh, the Hayden Outdoors. Hayden Outdoors has, has been a sponsor now of the podcast for the last year and, and uh, absolutely a great group of people. I've had the opportunity to spend time around a lot of their agents. And those guys are absolutely super when it comes to the knowledge that they have of the land. And if you tell them you're looking for a certain kind of piece of property, they're going to find that property for you. They'll probably find several uh, pieces of property for you to look at. But the, the beauty of those guys is, among other things, is if you ask them a question, they'll shoot straight with you. They'll tell you, nope, this ain't the property for you. Yes, it's pretty, and I know you think you like it, but what you told me you were hoping to accomplish, it ain't going to happen. So that's how dependable those guys are. But uh, I know a lot of you guys are interested in mule deer like I am. And, and if you're interested in mule deer from a management perspective, from a hunting perspective, either one, uh, and you're looking for a ranch, my God, get in touch with Hayden Outdoors and they'll find you the right property. Now, remember that they're, they're basically a desert mule deer and a Rocky Mountain mule deer. And the primary difference is, is the areas that they live in. But then also the uh, desert mule deer really doesn't migrate that much. They may move up a hill or down 
down a hill, but they're pretty much homebodies and they're pretty much going to be in the same area all the time with the, um, Rocky Mountain mule deer, there are a lot of those deer that are that way, that they're homebodies, but the vast majority of the mule deer in the western states are also migratory. So just because you look at a piece of property and you find all these fantastic shit antlers on it, and you go, oh, my God, I can't wait to buy this property and come hunt it. If you were to buy it, there's a really good chance that that's purely a wintering area where those bucks drop their antlers. They may be there for a period of about two or three months after the hunting seasons are over. So uh, talk to those guys if you're interested. Same thing with elk. You might find some huge sheds on your on your place that you're looking at, not on or the place you're looking to buy. And then when you get ready to hunt later on, you, you're looking for these bulls that shed these absolutely fabulous antlers, and there's no way to be found because maybe it was just simply a wintering area or you look at a place in the late summer and you're covered up with deer and elk and come the hunting seasons they're gone so visit with your guys from Hayden Outdoors and and like I said they will absolutely shoot straight with you got a lot of great things coming up in the next several weeks and thankfully we are a weekly and got a lot of great guests coming up uh, some of these guys are guys whose names and ladies whose names you'll recognize when I tell them to you later on and some of them you may not but the, even the ones that you don't know of right now if you really pay attention these guys and let guys they know it wherever they speak kind of thing. So all of ours are hunting or outdoors oriented in terms of episodes. And, and uh, but with that said, too, would really like to hear from you as to the type of things you'd like to hear about. Um, you know, maybe some old hunting stories, which we'll get into in a, in a real campfire situation. I've got a place that I'm setting up where I can actually sit around the campfire with two or three guys and, and we'll tell a few stories and, and do those kind of things or some of the technical aspects of, of wildlife management. I've been involved in wildlife management in terms of game and non-game species relative to the importance of their habitat for a whole lot of years right now. So if you have a question about wildlife management or for that matter, if you have a question about handgun hunting like we talked about or anything having to do with guns or hunting or optics, ammunition, places to hunt, all those kind of things, one thing I'll make you a promise, I'll do my very best to answer any questions or comments that you've had, and I'll answer them to the best of my ability, but I'll also tell you if I don't know the answer, by golly, I will tell you so, and I'll try to find somebody who can give you an answer that's accurate, true, and correct. So if you got anything that you're interested in, let us know about it. You can go to Larry Wysoon on Facebook or Larry Wysoon in uh, Instagram. And you can't get in touch with me there. You can go to h3whitetailsolutions.com or also thejourney.com. Working on a new TV show that will be digital on Carbon TV called The Journey. And uh, maybe this next go around, we can get in touch with uh, Brandon and uh, we'll be in their studios and we'll have a little talk about where some of these things are headed. In the meantime, go out and get your handgun or spend some time with a guy that's got a handgun and learn how to shoot it. If you're not a member of DSC, by all means, become a member. You do that by going to biggame.org. That's B-I-G-G-A-M-E dot O-R-G. And we need your membership. You'll be glad you did. And 
it's, it's just it's just an organization that does what it says it's going to do. It's conservation, education, and hunter advocacy. And by golly, they go way beyond what they say they're going to do. So please become a member of, of DSC and and um, really look forward to seeing you guys around the campfire right here next week. <laughs> DSC Campfires with Larry Wysoon has also been brought to you by Double Nickel Taxidermy, preserving your outdoor memories. Burham Brothers Game Calls, the callingest call made. Texas Wildlife Association, working for tomorrow's wildlife today. And the Crown Bar of LaGrange and Roundtop, Texas. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6'8 Western. Oh, I'll be over there, baby, right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.